Hello and welcome to the Working From Wisdom podcast, where I have rambling conversations with guests about nothing really, and we see what shows up in the moment. And I'm really delighted to have as a guest for this show, somebody who always brings me into a beautiful place of groundedness when I hear her speak, and that is Marina Galan. And Marina lives in Mexico. She's a transformational coach. And I just loved our conversation. It had such depth and intimacy. And it was really just a pleasure to have her on as a guest. Hope you enjoy. Marina. I am so um, delighted to have you as um, a guest and I haven't recorded in a podcast uh, in a while. So I'm delighted that you are kind of the first person to come back with. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for bringing me here. It, it's an honor. It's really an honor. I, well, I have a sense that we are going to enjoy this very, very much. So the, the, I suppose the first question that I often ask people is, to kick it off, what does working from wisdom mean to you? It, it mostly means when, when, when I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I am able to put myself out of a way, that's working from wisdom. <laughs> not from cleverness. Cleverness uh, does not interest me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about bewilderment and just allowing something to happen. Um, I think working from wisdom is becoming quiet enough and still enough for something deeper to get stirred in us and then allow that to be brought forward. And and do it in a way that implies absolute trust in it without being attached to the result. But just because of the source was that sacred stirring in us. Allow that to be fully and completely bring into the world, knowing that it will be infused by, by our own personal flavor because it was brought forward through us, but that there is nothing else that we need to do with it. Or for it, except allow it to be. I don't know, that's what just came. <laughs> yeah, no, that's beautiful. I, you know, I, I, I've heard you speaking on a few different occasions that, um, 3P UK and, and a few different things. And every time that I hear you speak, the word love comes into my head. It's like I feel it coming through you when you are speaking. I hear it in the words that you use. Okay. Do you feel it though? <laughs> yeah, I do feel it because I feel it because when you're speaking, I know you're coming from that place. 
And I don't know if that, you know, if that describes it really well, but it's, you're not in your intellect, you're speaking from the heart. Yeah, well, again, I try to leave myself out of the equation. <laughs> of course, I don't try to leave myself out of the equation. I take myself out of the equation. Mm. But but it, it's as simple as that. I, I don't know when it is that we get all confused about the necessity to bring ourselves into the equation. I guess it's an ego trip. It's just food for ego and, and being recognized and, and being seen, but being seen from, from the story, from the, from the character. And, and, and when, when it, when it is from there, it is never enough. Mm. It can never be enough. And interestingly, as soon as that is out of the equation, anything, is enough mm. anything is enough like we, you don't even need a reason it just is and there is enoughness <laughs> if that makes any sense it, you know it's what uh, i uh, as you were speaking i was kind of thinking of appetites and that our personal thinking is insatiable you know you cannot feed it enough it just wants more 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 whereas the stillness, it's okay with, because there's nothing there. There's nothing to, there's nothing required of us. There you go. There's nothing required of us except us. Mm. See, and we are already there. So as it comes through us, it gets tainted with us because it is being brought through us. But that's all we are. We're just tea leaves to infuse whatever is, is going to come through. And yes, we, we are necessary. If we were not necessary, we wouldn't be here, right? I mean, like, life does not just randomly create things that are not needed. So it's interesting to see that Love is just allowing. Like that, that is, that is the ultimate expression of love, allowing. When, when you allow something to be completely, fully what it is. Isn't that love? And in that sense, are you not being fully and completely allowed in the universe. Nothing is interfering with you, except your thinking when you allow it to, you see? Mm. But if we allow what is to be what it is. So in other words, if we allow thinking to be thinking and don't turn it into anything else, then we don't get in trouble. If we allow feeling to be what it is and we do not turn it into anything else, then we don't get in trouble. 
So if we allow creation through us for what it is, we don't get in trouble. But if we, if we bring too much of our intellect, if we bring too much of, of our preferences, of our beliefs around how things should be, then we are not really allowing. And so the feeling goes south. There is no, there is no flow. I mean, there is flow, there is resistance within the flow, but there is still flow. No, there's a, there's a love, love and rocket song <laughs> that used to say, uh, you can't go against nature because going against nature is part of nature too. Ooh, yeah. So in a way, it, it looks like every, every possibility has been thought out by life before us and it has been taken care of so that we can be supported even then and it can be allowed for what it is. Mm. And, you know, before, before I started recording, when we were chatting, you, you know, we were talking about kind of accepting what is. And I was telling you that I had to give myself permission to get quiet. I had to give myself permission to take the time to start seeing through the stories that I had told myself and, and, and just to kind of take a step back. So, I mean, I love this understanding that we share. And it is glorious in its simplicity once you see it. But it's not a, oh, yeah, I, I know the three Ps now. Cool. I'm, I'm good now. You know, there's there's a process of kind of letting go. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I, it certainly didn't happen to me overnight. And, and I'm like, I still have more to see around it, but I'm at that point now where I enjoy how it's unfolding because I've, I've seen so much already in how powerful and how impactful it has been, you know, on my life. Um, but, you know, there's something in that, too, in bringing people kind of along on on the journey and um, and helping them to allow it, you know, helping them to let go of all the stuff that's getting in the way of the allowing. Well, that's that's the thing that it, it sounds simple. It sounds evident. But oh my God, once you, once you begin trying, you know, like, yes, I will allow this. Yes, I will give myself permission. Oh my God, it can be incredibly tough. It can be incredibly confusing in, in many, many different ways. But at the same time, what, and what I love about this understanding has to do with, with what we're pointing to, which is if you really, really understand it, then you know that you don't. <laughs> if you really understand it, you know that you don't, because the second you, you think you understand it, you can see that you've created a concept out of it, and you know that that is not it. 
And so again, you can allow the, the concept to create itself, but because you understand that it is not in the concept, if you really understand, you have to let go of the concept and go back to the blank page, go back to zero and expose yourself again to, to see anew, you see? And so, and so that is, that is also an allowing, that, that is a different kind of allowing, because what you are allowing is your openness, your disposition, your active disposition. So you are allowing the allowing, right? Yeah. And we begin, we get to the point where we, words don't, don't make sense anymore because they, they, of course, we are getting close. And so the, they just don't do it justice. It, it becomes completely paradoxical. But what you were saying, like, I can just let go and, I and allow myself to be in presence is enough. Mm. That is enough. Not only is it enough, it's the only thing we can do. <laughs> it is because in figuring it's it out, only. we just get in our thinking again. And it just starts, you, you're <laughs> filling up the space that you're trying to be. Mm, let me figure out how do I do this allowing? How do I do this settling down? I'll just try and think it out and you've just filled up the space yeah and so it is the only thing that will ever be enough you know that only god is enough remember that that saying only god is enough well yeah it's true i mean well like whatever you whatever else you bring it can only be a lack of because it is everything. And so then it wouldn't be enough anymore. So in the, in the losing of it, in the shedding of it, is where we, is the only place where we can find enoughness. In the shedding of the imagined lack. Mm. When you see that it's all imagined. Yeah. <laughs> and even, and you're still in it. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I know this is imagined, but it seems bloody real to me right now at this moment in time, even though I know on some level it's imagined. Mm. But it's just, it's like it, uh, I don't know, it highlights it or it kind of, shines a light on the story or you just start you start to see it from nearly hovering from above or something like that where even though you're experienced you're in it and, and and you see it you know it's like look I know it's a story and I know that at some point it will pass and then there'll probably be another story that will come along and then there's the well if if we're going to be making shit up here like why don't you make up some cool stuff as well? <laughs> and that's kind of where I'm yeah. at. I'm at the, well, if, if it's all made up anyway, and if, if my thinking, you know, if, if we're if we're in a thought-created reality, well, what fun thoughts, what, 
what can I do that's fun? Like, is it, does it have to be serious? Does it have to be hard work? Well, no, if that's made up. Well, then what if you make up that it's, that it's easy and that it's effortless and that it's fun and that it's playful? Well, you see, Tracy, what you're pointing to is incredibly important, incredibly important, because you are not trying to separate humanity and the understanding. You, 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 are, you are seeing that the story is part of, so the creation of stories we will never get rid of. It is part of. It is not something to get rid of. And so since it is part of, okay, so now what? Now what do we do with it? And what you're pointing to is the possibility of creating love with it. Bringing ourselves back to love through that process of creation. If it is a thought-created reality, what if, I cre what if the reality I create brings me closer to love? And that possibility is certainly our highest possibility, right? Yeah. Now, the, the point behind what we're talking about is freedom. You are free to create whatever you want. And what I was what I was saying before before, like whatever we can think of, life already thought of it already and, and, and found a way to support it. So you are free to create your own suffering, tailor-made for yourself if you want to. And that implies that you are fully and completely supported by life because it trusts you enough to do that and still allow you and still allow it. So you are so loved that you are free to create whatever kind of reality you want with your thinking and it will be allowed. Mm -hmm. It will be supported and you will experience it. So you see, you can't escape love. Yeah. And, and you know, there was, there was something that I heard recently on a, a, a workshop I was doing and it was around, you know, there is no such thing as good or bad. Or there's no such thing as right or wrong, except how we as humans have thinking around something and we dictate, well, that's right, that's wrong, that's good, that's bad. So on an energetic level, in terms of the universe, like you said, it will support you in whatever you're doing, because it didn't make any rules about what you should be doing with your human experience. It's just vibrating, resonating and and creating things through through our thinking. And it just it something really kind of shifted in me when I when I heard that, because I suppose I kind of create a lot of rules for myself around what's OK and what's not OK. And, and even around, you know, 
if I have judgmental thinking about somebody, well, you know, I'm in the three piece. So that's, you know, that's not a good thing. So I was judging myself for being judgmental of other people or, you know, and, and just sort of, again, around stories that I, I had made about what was okay and what was not okay. But when I saw through all of that, that's freedom is exactly, that's exactly how it felt. You know, it was freedom to just explore, freedom to have any thought in the moment and not label it. Like I can judge somebody or myself and it's no more or less important than if I was saying a positive affirmation for myself, except the meaning that I give to it. Yes. So can you hear the gardener behind me? Can you hear the gardener? I know. Uh, What can you do? Listen, I'm just doing really well so far. Dog hasn't barked, but hey, that's life. (laughs) Exactly. So whatever is happening now in terms of circumstance outside of me or in terms of experience inside of me or in terms of thinking inside of me is perfect. Unless I think it isn't. Yes. And then, you see, then I get in trouble because I begin to reject what is. And that is resistance to the flow. That is resistance to love. So I think when we get in trouble is So when we don't understand what something is, we mistake it for something else. And then we we mistreat it for something that it isn't. So if I see that my thinking is happening, but I think that it should be happening differently, then I am not really treating it as thinking, am I? Because why would I need it to be different if I know it is just thinking? But because I treat it as, oh, this must mean something about me, then I am not treating it as thinking. I am treating it as something that means something about me. It's like, it's so crazy. And and I guess you can sort of see like even the term crazy sort of and, and things that we imagine but when you see how controlled people are by their thinking, like this thing that it has no physical attributes in that, you know, it's not like somebody's physically hitting you or it's something that you can touch or grab hold of. It's these fleeting snapshots of a movie, of trailers of a movie that are going through your head And we are so captivated and hypnotized by them that they, yeah, it's just like, sometimes I kind of see it, you know, and I I see my own thinking and action and, and, and other people and when I'm working with people and it's just, we are so enamored by our thinking. We are so 
innocently, we, we, we misunderstand our thinking so, so much. There you go. And, and you were talking earlier before we started recording about, about how this has been a journey of trust for you. Yes. And in a way, as our, it seems to me that as, as we begin to understand the system, we begin to trust the whole system. But because we are part of the system, we begin to trust us in the system. You see? And the more you trust you and the system, the less, the less of a separation there is between you and the system. So it all becomes just, oh, okay, let's just trust what is right now. But trusting what is does not mean necessarily act on it. it does not necessarily mean give meaning to it. It's just what is. Yeah, and, and that falling into the trust, that's kind of, I think, again, one of those things that's ongoing because you can be in it and then you get out of it again and you kind of, and, and that kind of waving back and in feeling of it. And, and certainly, you know, as I was kind of deepening in this understanding and living more from a place of being wisdom guided, which for me was always the greatest conflict in my mind, because on some level, I always knew, <laughs> you know, I knew that I knew, but the information that I had been given conflicted with what I kind of knew. So then I, I started to doubt myself, you know, and it's like, you know, but it feels different to me. And, and a lot of things that were kind of just not making sense to me, but I couldn't articulate why and also you know often when you look to the outside for guidance it makes you feel small in some way that well how would I know better than them because they've done it and I haven't but yet what they were doing didn't make sense to me so therefore I doubted myself as opposed to doubting what I was learning from the outside or questioning it or or just being more curious about things um, you know, and certainly that was, that was a wonderful kind of learning experience for me because there are so many times in my life where wisdom has shown up and where I can retrospectively clearly see where, oh yeah, you, you did really well there, you know, and you were really kind of in a flow. And then I just fell right back into my thinking again. And, you know, so to kind of be less in my thinking now and creating more space for wisdom to drop in and and just being present and and enjoying the ride like I think that's really a huge part of it is just I'm just going to sit back now and enjoy this and and it's just it's 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 really kind of changed me in, in a lot of ways, you know, settled me down. And, and as I mentioned, you know, before I came on, like I've two teenagers and to be able to parent them from this place, it's magical. Magical. I like that word. I like that word. 
Well, when you say I can look back at my life and see so many examples of when wisdom was present, I would like to dare you to look back on your life and find a moment where it wasn't. Yeah. You see? Because it doesn't, it doesn't look to me like we voluntarily bring ourselves out of wisdom and into our thinking. It's just something that happens. And it's not like we can bring ourselves back. Because, in fact, we notice when we are back because we are not gone anymore. We are not in our thinking anymore. And so because we are back, we can see that we were lost in our thinking. But we don't seem to be there taking us in and out of our thinking and back and away from wisdom. So, yes, you can just sit back and enjoy the ride, you know, but knowing that your thinking is just your thinking is what allows you to get lost in it without acting from it. Mm. And that makes all the difference. Yeah. And when you see that in yourself, you can see that you, you can communicate that, articulate that enough for others to hear it. And if you can articulate it enough for your teenagers to see it, because it is precisely in those years that we really begin to take our thinking seriously. And you can, you can let them see that, well, it's just thinking. That's all it is. You don't need to treat it as anything else. Then you can get lost in your thinking without acting from it. Because you understand. And yes, it was magical. <laughs> you know, it's funny, actually. And I was in the car with my son earlier on today and um, that's the best time to kind of talk to him because, you know, he can't go anywhere. <laughs> He's trapped beside me. I know, I know. Yeah, but uh, but no, he's he's quite chatty anyway. And uh, he was saying, I was talking about something, you know, and, and explaining. I said, well, because we, you know, we live in a thought created reality. And he just went, I'm just going to stop you there now, ma'am, because like of all the things that you say to me, like none of it goes in, blah 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 blah. But that's the only thing that makes sense. We live in a thought created reality. All the other stuff, I don't know what you're talking about. And I just oh, said. Wow. I know, but I just said to him, I don't care. You know, you don't need to understand what I'm saying. In fact, don't even try to, because I said, you'll hear like you've heard that and, and, and you've seen something around it and that's it. And I said, in a few months time, you might hear something else that I've said and see something around it, but it's not a competition and you'll see it when you're ready to see it, but don't overanalyze it. But yeah, the fact that he was like, yeah, I, I got that. That makes sense to me. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. And it's interesting to see how when something makes sense to us, it has nothing to do with logic. It's just a deeper knowing. It just makes sense. Oh, yes, that feels that feels true. That resonates what you were saying earlier. It resonates. That is where we understand something make, makes sense even if we don't understand it rationally and we can trust that we can trust that 
-hmm. You were talking earlier about outer guidance and inner guidance, and we are taught so early on to not trust ourselves. Yeah. Because everyone knows better. Mm. Starting with our parents, they know better. Mm. Of course they know better, right? And then our friends know better. And then our therapists know better. Mm -hmm. And then our bosses know better. <laughs> and then our teachers know better. Everybody knows better. We are, we are taught to override our wisdom. But there is so much love in walking that path back to its origin. There is so much innocence. There is so much compassion for ourselves and for the world. You know, Sid Banks, <clears throat> Sid Banks said that every single human problem was a problem of insecurity. And the nature of insecurity is just that. Trusting something else mm. over my knowing. Yeah. And everything that derives from it, of course. But that's just it. That's all there is to it. And again, if we go back to allowing what wants to come through us, allowing what wants to get created through us and keeping ourselves out of the equation, except for the part that will infuse that, except for the part that we cannot take out. We learn to trust that. Trusting ourselves goes back to exactly that, because it goes back to stillness and quietness until that steering shows up. And it shows up differently. Like when we create from that space and 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 I guess there's wisdom in contrast too. you know, it's like you said was, you know, you look back at where I was always in wisdom, you know. I could look back and sort of be in judgment of the way that I did things and, and how oh, that didn't work or I tried that and it wasn't working out. But actually, I can look back and say, yeah, like I've, I've really I've tried so many different things and I've experienced so many different things. And and it has given me a real sense of the feeling behind how I create. I had to experience it in motion. And the feeling of creating from love is so different to the feeling of creating from insecurity. And it's, oh God, it's such a beautiful experience to create from this place. Yeah. And you know what else, Tracy? <clears throat> it is such an individual experience because wisdom talks to us in such a unique way nobody can teach us how to do it and so we have to walk that path every single one of those steps to learn to listen to our own system yeah. and the way it speaks to us because it's completely different than my son's wisdom and system speaks to him and my mother's system speaks to her 
So it cannot be taught. We need to go inside and develop an intimacy with, with, with our system, with wisdom, with love. We develop an intimacy with love in which we can surrender. And so it's, it's interesting because this has endless implications. But one of the most important implications it, it seems to have is precisely the development of trust or the allowance, because it's not a development, you cannot develop a trust, it is there. Mm -hmm. So the finding of that trust, the finding of that security, you see? It is precisely that exercise of going back inside and intimately knowing ourselves in the system that allows us to find that inner guidance and respect it and honor it above the outside. Yeah. Isn't that mind-blowing? Yeah. That what we are looking for outside is impossible to find outside. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I had an experience all about kind of 12 years ago and it was before my marriage broke up and I, it's funny because I think back on a lot of that. It's so hazy now because I don't I don't live there anymore. So I don't really um, talk about or just whatever. It's, it's gone. It's in the past. I let it go a long time ago. But I remember at a point where I just remember looking in a mirror one day and I didn't recognize the face that was looking back at me. There was it was like I couldn't e explain it. But I just, it, it was like wisdom was sending me a message of how, I don't know, it, 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 was, it, it was a really weird experience, but it was like standing looking at a stranger and it woke me up to what the hell? And it kind of made me start to, to question and to kind of explore. And I've always been really blessed that, you know, there's been a few times where I could feel myself getting into really dark thinking and kind of circling around, but I've, I've always been able to shift and move and, and get myself kind of out of it. Um, but it was just, I was lost. Like, you know, the person that was living my life as at that time was being so untrue to the truth of myself that the image in the mirror was nearly misshapen. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how we are shown? Yeah. yeah. Constantly being shown there is another possibility. And back to the blank page, Tracy. Yeah. Beautiful. Marina, thank you so much for for uh, joining me and thank you for bringing your loving energy to this conversation. I'm, I'm really grateful. Thank you. Thank you. I have really, like really deeply enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Let's do this again sometime. Yeah. Yeah.